It's the Dogcast, episode number 79. It's going to be a dogfight. Mississippi State versus the Georgia Bulldogs. Okay, dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number 79. My name's Derek, and I got old dog here. We're in the bunker, six floors down, underneath Sanford Stadium, bringing you everything you ever need to know about Georgia Bulldog football. Old dog, we're going back to the basics this week, baby. Going back to the basics just like the Bulldog football team is going to do. What do you think about this Mississippi State team? What do you think about the Bulldogs, man? I think they're horrible. I tell you what, I think they are probably the second worst team in the SEC. Really? And yeah. who, do you, who do you think is the worst team in the SEC? Pride will not let me say that. Okay, let me tell you this. They are officially the only team in the SEC that hasn't won an SEC game this this year. They're 0-3 in the SEC. So, um, you know, they do have their starting quarterback back, though, for the first time since the first game. And he is, uh, his name is Michael Hennig, and he is, uh, he actually played some last week during uh, the Jacksonville State game. But, um, you know, he's pretty good. What do you think we're going to have to do to win this week? Do you think the Bulldogs are going to be able to uh, regroup? I I think for us to win, we're going to need to show up. Oh, shit. You did not uh, just say that. Man, listen, we don't have good luck with you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this, basically it's the same formula that we have used for probably the past 105 years of Georgia football. We need to block, we need to tackle, and we need to catch. And if we do all three of those things, we will have a cakewalk against Sylvester Croom and the lowly Mississippi State Bulldogs. If we don't do those things, and do them properly, catch, block, and tackle, then they're going to whip our ass. Well, that's it, folks. Thanks for listening. The Dogcast episode number 79. <laughs> Old Dog, you make it sound so simple, dude. It, it is. It, and it is. I it mean, is. you're right. I that's... mean, we're, we're not, you know, we're not talking about four-level chess or anything here. I know. I know. Well, I, I take... mean, they are, we've got, we have more talented athletes. We have a better coach, we have a better program, we have a better stadium, and we have better fans. We have a much better looking bulldog too. We don't oh, have absolutely. We have a damn. Their bulldog bread. looks like some kind of hybrid mongrel or something that you <laughs> you know you'd find out in a in a Louisiana swamp or something. He looks like a, a bulldog you get at the pound or something like. Looks like he, a bulldog gone wrong or something. You know, exactly. I'm not sure what. The damn mongrel. But I mean, you know, they they hired Sylvester Croom a couple of years ago. You know, the idea was for him to turn it around, and uh, you know, like a few other coaches that we won't mention. Uh, He's just not getting the job done. Well, 
I agree. I tell you what. Um, let's talk a little bit. Let me just tell you. Let me let me give the listeners here, especially uh, our listeners in United Kingdom and Sydney, Australia. We've got some killer email this week, old dog, from around the world, man. It continues to just blow me away where people are listening to the dogcast. Oh, and before I get to that, I got a shout out for my main man, Taylor Burns. Old dog, you've been to the games now. And you know that every week, every home game, they have a honorary tea retriever. He's not an, he's the tea retriever for the game. You know they auction that off on the Georgia Dogs website. You know, well we have a listener. His name is Taylor Burns. He's ten years old, and he's a loyal listener. He's been listening to the Dogcast and sending us tons of email. He's gonna well, be. I, I hope I hope being ten, he didn't listen to the last one. No, he didn't because you know he was subscribed <laughs> to the new feed that had the explicit tag on it. But he's gonna be the tea retriever this week, man. Oh man, that is what that's great. Isn't that that's awesome? To, what a thrill, Taylor. Good luck, man. I know you're listening. Good luck with your job this week as the tea retriever. I only wish you had a Dogcast.com T-shirt that you could wear while you were running out on the field. But anyway, congratulations. I tell you, Taylor, let's do, let's do one better. Tell Coach Rick right before the game starts yeah. that you can actually kick the ball into the end zone and ask him to give you a try on the first kick. <laughs> it, can't be, it can't be any worse. We want Taylor Burns to actually kick off and then return the team himself. I, I mean, what difference would it make? <laughs> it They're going to get him back to the 40-yard line anyway. <laughs> Well, if you just kick it to the 40, maybe they'll fall on it. The coverage team, it's like an onside kick every time, you know? There hey, you go. Hey, Taylor, we might be on to something here, man. Tell Coach Rick you want to try your hand at kicking off this week. You don't. You want to step up from tee retrieval. Yeah. Um. So we had a tough week in practice this week, old dog. The lack of offensive linemen is really um, – has really, you know, kind of messed up things at practice. In fact, on Tuesday, we didn't even have a real practice. Normally, we have two days in full pads, Tuesday and Wednesday. This week on Tuesday, we were so short, we couldn't even field a line of offensive linemen. So we didn't even have a full pads practice on Tuesday because we didn't have enough offensive linemen to even dress out on Tuesday. On the bright side, uh, today's practice, they did have a full side, Dan Inman said it was the longest workout in the history of Georgia football for the offensive lineman. Let me tell you, old dog. Coach Well, Rick, I'm going to stop you there for a second. I'm not sure Dan Inman knows a whole lot of Georgia Bulldog history. Well, maybe not, but he is a I'm senior. Not, I'm not sure Dan Inman may. He may not even know who Wayne McDuffie was, but <laughs> I, guarantee you, I guarantee you this right now. If he thinks what he went through yesterday or today was anywhere near as bad as Wayne McDuffie used to put those boys through, he's got a he's got a whole different thing coming. Well, we all agree. But with that, that with that said, let, let's move on because I know you want to be positive. Exactly. I'm trying to be positive, old dog. I'm trying to keep the show on an upbeat note. And we've agreed, everybody in the Dogcast Nation agrees that Dan Inman is a big, fat idiot. Okay? We know that. But... I'm talking, I'm speaking relatively, old dog. Relative to the practices they've been having, today's practice was tough on the offensive line. Coach Callaway, Coach Rick, they are coming down hard on the offensive linemen. They had only five healthy offensive linemen out today, and um, 
They didn't rotate them at all. All five played for the entire practice. That was two hours. It's pretty warm, about 83 in Athens today. And they ran them solid for two straight hours today. Um, without a break, basically, except for just a couple of water breaks. So it was a pretty tough practice for those guys today. Um, Nick Jones did dress out and did a, a little light practice, but um, and I do think he's going to play on Saturday. The word is that he is going to play on Saturday, but um, he didn't practice full scale today. Also, on the injury front, old dog, near and dear to my heart, Ramarcus Brown, who is uh, doing pretty good so far this year. He's a sophomore. He's like third in tackles on the team right now. He is out. He will not practice this week because he pulled his hamstring last week against Vanderbilt. In his place, Asher Allen and my man, Prince Miller, are going to kind of rotate that job, starting job this week at uh Well, at the and the other back. thing that's going to do, too, is uh, kind of throw a little kick into uh, – Kickoff returns too. Uh, that's Thomas I Brown. Marcus Brown was Tom. No, I think Marcus Brown though was actually Thomas Brown's backup. Well, that's true. But and, and I, I think, think after Allen's Thomas Brown it. went out, Marcus Brown came. And you know, I'm thinking maybe Mikey Henderson would be a good person to put back there. Shot? You think? I don't know. I, and I'll tell you something else. He, they're not going to put Mikey Henderson back there, even though he's got three punt returns for touchdowns this year. They're not. He's not going to return kickoffs. I can tell you right now, it's going to be Asher Allen. I think. Um, or I don't know. Tony Ball said. Let me see. I wrote that down somewhere. I don't know who Tony Ball said was going to do it, but it, it's not going to be Mikey Henderson. And I have no idea why it's not going to be Mikey Henderson. To tell you the truth, but. I just know they. I don't think it's going to be him. But um, that's pretty much it on the injury front. Um, you know, Thomas Brown is out for the year. They say Thomas Brown is not even going to practice until fall camp next year. He's, he will not be participating in the spring and won't participate in anything until at least through fall camp next year. Well, and I, if I had, if I have my injuries right too, I think this is the same type of injury that uh, Craig Lumpkin had. Yes. And, you know, it really took Lumpkin almost a full year and a half to get back up to full speed from it. Uh, right. You know, I hope that's not the case for for uh, Thomas Brown, but, you know, it probably will be, uh, you know, unless he has great healing powers. But, you know, that's just basically what they say it takes that long to come back from that injury, which is, you know, I, I feel bad for him because he was coming on, uh, you know, a little bit stronger there in the in the Vanderbilt game. Looked like he may have caught his stride a little bit, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, we certainly we certainly could use him. Well, you know, like you said, Craig Lumpkin. It took Craig Lumpkin really two full years to come back from that injury completely. And if you remember, we got a wide receiver, a senior, Sean Bailey. He's got the same injury last year during the – he got the same injury last year during Sugar Bowl practice. And it's 10 months later right now, and he's still not 100%, still not even playing. So um, – and he's 10 months in. So right. it, it's, a, it's a big deal. There's no doubt about it. It's a huge deal. And um, I hope that I, – I just hope he makes it back, period, you know. A lot of kids never come back from that kind of injury ever. So That's ho- true. hopefully that doesn't happen. Let's talk about Mississippi State, old dog. Offensive line got their butts worked off. Remarcus Brown is out. We talked about injuries and stuff. Now let's move on to Mississippi State. You know, they have a they only they don't have that many like key players. They haven't scored a lot of points. They've lost to Tulane. They got killed by LSU last week by thirty one. 
they're uh, you know they're not a great football team. They're really not. That that doesn't mean anything. I'm not taking anything for granted. I am definitely not taking anything for granted. What do you think we need to do? I know. Let me rephrase. I already know what you think we need to do to win the game. We've got to catch, block, and tackle. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> I, I tell you what. I would like to see us do. I mean, this. You know, and and I'm not going to turn negative on anybody. This game should be a route. I mean, in in all seriousness, we're Georgia, they're Mississippi State. Uh, they are not even a very good Mississippi State team. Right. Uh, you know what I would like to see us do is, you know, ball control. Uh, I'd like to see us run the ball. I'd like to see our offensive line take charge. I'd like to see us have some long drives where we tie up five, six, seven minutes on the clock. And what I would really love to see us do and work on is our execution in the red zone. I want us to score touchdowns. I want us to get ready for Florida down in Jacksonville next week. I want us to go in with a lot of confidence. We don't need a nail biter against Mississippi State. We need to we need to be hitting on all cylinders against Mississippi State. Put them away early, and then work on what we need to do to build up our confidence. Because whatever the coaches are saying now, whatever our players are saying now, I think the way we have played the last four games that could not be a very confident Bulldog team out there on the field. I think late at night when they're laying in bed, something's telling them we're not as good as we think we are. We're not as good as we think we are, and we need to get that thought out of their heads. We need to get back to where we know we're going to win, not hope we're going to win. Well, that's a great point, Old Dog, great point. And in that same vein, I do want to tell you, Today in practice, Matthew Stafford, you know, we already broke it on, you know, the post-game show. Matthew Stafford has already been named the starter, and we fully expect him to be the starter for the rest of the season. Well, I, and the nice thing about it, too, is they're not talking rotation at this No, point. they're not talking rotation anymore. Stafford is the man, which, you know, as much as I hate to say it, with the injury that we had to Thomas Brown, and with the coaching staff stepping up on Matthew Stafford, it looks like we've eliminated the quarterback committee and we've at least knocked down the running back committee to just two. And I can handle a two-person running back committee. I mean, that's almost – that's really not a committee. You know, that's like a pair. I can handle that. But my point is, <laughs> Matthew Stafford um, today was making uh, – Coach Rick said in the, post game, in the post-practice press conference today that Matthew Stafford was making the best reads he's ever seen Stafford make. He said it was almost – he had to ask Coach Bobo if Coach Bobo wasn't whispering in his ear what the play was and what the read was. He's reading coverages. He's picking up blocks. He's doing better things in practice. And I've got to think – I mean, I I know it's just – you know, I know it might be wishful thinking on my part, but I'm telling you, making a decision at quarterback is going to increase not only Matthew Stafford's confidence – but it's going to change the way that guys like Massaqua and Kenneth Harris prepare for this game. You know, if they know that Stafford is the guy, 
You know, because we've heard a lot of rumors. I've heard a lot of rumors, old dog, that Massaqua is not exactly happy about the whole Joe Cox, Matthew Stafford thing. You know, Massaqua is Joe Cox's boy. They both came out of Independence. They're a match set. They're bookends, and Massaqua is not happy. I'm just telling you, he's not happy that Joe Cox is kind of on the outside looking in, and Matthew Stafford's getting a step up. But I do think that Matt, that Massaqua is a uh, a team player. And I do think if he can read the writing on the wall, and by coach finally committing to Matthew Stafford, I think it's going to change the way that Mo Mass prepares, the way Kenneth Harris prepares, and I think we're going to get better production out of everybody, the running backs, the receivers, and the way they're working the offensive line. We should get better production out of the whole offense. You know, Well, we I, I hope so. And, and you really could not have asked for a better team to come along you know, for this to happen. Right. Too. I mean, this will, this should be, and, and Lord, I hope it is more like a scrimmage for us than a real game. Well, in, now, now and I know listeners probably don't like to hear me say that, but you know, I'm, I'm throwing out the way it should be. And if we're going to play, if we're, if we're going to be positive and say, this is the kind of Georgia team we hope we have, then that's what it ought to be because you were not talking about a very good Mississippi State team. Well, uh, these guys you know, aren't probably, as good. They're not as good as they were last year. But, but we only we only beat them 23 to 10 last year. But these guys have, you know, they've dropped 22 SEC road games straight. They haven't won an SEC road game since 2000. So, you're right. I totally agree. They're not very good. Everybody knows they're not very good. They got one player on defense, Quentin Culberson, their linebacker. He's pretty good. They've got a decent wide receiver, Tony Burks. He's decent. Their quarterback is not that good, though. Even their starter, he's not even that good. Michael Henning, um, you're right. We should blow these guys away. And it is the right. right team for us to play right now. And And I tell you, you know, I think one thing that would really, really help our quarterback situation would be maybe the first four or five passes that they actually get caught when they hit the receivers in the hands. I agree. And I think that's uh, going to happen. I really do, old dog. Well, I hope so. Well, I mean, I hope so, but, uh, you know, for, for right now, I'm going to be from Missouri, and uh, you're going to have to show me. Okay. All right, show me, State. And I did – I found that thing, note. I found the note. Long, Go ahead. There you go. You want to write that down? Along, yeah. I, here's something else for you to write down, too. Along with the offensive line showing up this week, I want our defensive line to show up this week. They have been almost non-existent since we started going downhill. And for us to be the team we need to be and to compete with a Florida and an Auburn and a Georgia Tech, we need the, off, the defensive line to step up and play like we think they should be able to play and like the coaches think they should be able to play and like the national media said they should be able to play. Heck, they had two of our guys in the pros already after this year, and neither one of those guys has shown up very well. In I agree. Last I could not agree more, We man. just need to, you know, again, we need to get back to basics. We need to look at this as the first game of the rest of our season. I mean, how about that for a trite little statement? Go out, kick some ass, and then get ready for the big one. 
Get ready for the big one. As our uh, friends, I'm telling you, we got listeners in Philly and and all over the world, literally, old dog. And that one thing rings true through the emails I've gotten this week. Everybody agrees. If we could beat Florida's ass, all will be forgiven. You know, that's the one thing that rings true every year. Everybody wants to beat Florida. And if we could pull off the miracle and beat Florida, that loss to Vanderbilt would be distant in the rearview mirror. Well, it would it would certainly go a long way in in curing a lot of ills. But uh, you know, the other thing, you know, this is our last home game for I think five weeks. Yeah, I mean, the next time that the next time that they're going to put their foot on Sanford Stadium turf is going to be uh, against Georgia Tech on what the twenty seventh or some whatever that Saturday is after Thanksgiving. So I mean, we've got a good long time, you know, before before we play another home game again. And I sure would like to see them, you know, go out on a real positive note because I tell you, not only do I think the players are down a little bit and questioning themselves, but, uh, you know, the fans are too. Absolutely. I mean, I tell you what, I'm, let's, let's hold on that point because I've got something to say about that. Let's take a quick break, old dog. You are going to love break music i got this week okay i've got some special music for the break so we're going to listen to that right quick and come right back after the after this okay so everybody stay with us check out the intermission music i got this week me and billy joe and bobby ray went down to starkville today we went to see the bullies play It's the spring and we look real great. Get on the bandwagon for it's too late. Atlanta's looking like our fate. I turned to Bobby, said, between you and me, I think we're gonna win the SEC. And the cowbells are ringing like before. Carolina was game number one. Man, talk about no fun. Hey, Bobby, let's go roll a joint. The Auburn Tigers came week number two. Hey, Sylvester, what are we gonna do? When do you think we'll score a point? He said, between you and me, I think we'll be lucky if we win three. And our cowbells ain't ringing like before. Game number three will ease our pain. Oh my God, we got beat by Tulane. Hey, Bobby, would you please put down that gun? Beat UAB, but so much for fun. LSU beat us by 31. Where the hell is Jolie Dunn? I turned to Bobby, said, between you and me, I think we got a root for another team. And 
Bobby turned back. He said, oh, what do you mean? I said, yo, 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 if you know what I mean. Because our cowbells ain't ringing anymore. Because our cowbells ain't ringing anymore. All right, Old Dog, what do you think about that new Mississippi State Bulldog fight song, man? Well, I mean, I, I think that sums up their season so far <laughs> That's pretty, pretty darn well. And uh, I do, I, I really do like the reference to Joe Lee Dunn. I know, where the hell is Joe Lee Dunn? I love that song, man. And listen, by the way, old dog, if you guys, that song is even funnier if you watch the video that goes along with it because they picked a lot of select Mississippi State residents to put in the video. If you go to the website, dogcast.com, I've got the video embedded right in the middle of the show. All you've got to do is um, click on the little YouTube button and you can watch that song. You can listen to that song, play it for your friends at work along with the video. I'm telling you, it's worth visiting the website for just to see that video. So, old dog, before the break, you were talking about how you hope the fans kind of come back and get into the game a little bit, and because um, we need to send everybody, the team and the fans, out on a good note. Because, like you said, it is five weeks till our next game. the The point I'm trying to make here is old. I mean, not old dog. Coach Rick said today, at, also in the post game press conference that he really wants um, the fans to step it up this week, that he knows that we've been sucking and he knows that we haven't been performing on the field, but he really wants the fans to stick with us and support them and really be loud. And he actually used the term the 12th man. He really wants the fans to come back and be the 12th man this week. And he acted like the dogs really need the support, you know. And you know, old dog, I'm a huge supporter of Coach Rick and – if he wants us to yell, I'm going to freaking get in the stands and I'm going to yell, you know? What do you think about the possibility the fans can come back and be a 12th man this week? Well, I, I think they will, but but I think it's going to take a little bit more. I mean, I think the stadium will be full. Uh, you know, I mean, gosh, we, we fill it up when we play the, the three-bear school for the blonde. But and, and there'll be some cheering when the dogs come out, and I don't think there's going to be any booing. But I tell you, for – the fans to reach the intensity level that they did, let's say at sitting in Williams Price Stadium in the South Carolina game, or you know for some for for the first half of the Tennessee game, the team is going to have to do something on the field big to get a minute. I tell you what would really really get the fans into the game would be the first time we get the ball would be to march it downfield and score a touchdown. I mean, ideally for me, what would be wonderful would be for us to win the toss, postpone our decision to the second half, kick off deep into the end zone with no chance of a run back, put it on the 20, hold Mississippi State to maybe like four or five yards, go three and out, have a nice maybe 10, 15-yard punt return, and then just march the ball right down the field and score a touchdown. I think if we do something like that, that would really bring the fans in. I I tell you what, a couple, it's been a couple so of long. few hits on the defensive side, you know, maybe a, a twenty or thirty yard pass from Stafford hitting a receiver in stride and having him go for a little bit more. But I do think for the fans to reach 
that energy level that we think that they need to have, the team is going to have to do something to bring them back in and to bring them back into the fold. I mean, the fans were there for the team. The team let them down. The team is going to have to do something to bring them back. Man, I tell you, I couldn't have said it better, old dog. That is a laundry list of exactly what we want to see, exactly what the dog nation wants to see out of the Bulldogs this weekend, the Georgia Bulldogs, that is. And um, I think that's right on, old dog. And by the well, way, I don't even I don't even think we recognize any other bulldogs. You're right. I just said those damn mongrels. They're like the pound puppies, or what? I mean, they they look they look like humane society dogs. I mean, really, that damn bulldogs were straight out of humane society. Um, I found that note from Tony Ball. He's in charge of picking the replacement for the uh, the kickoff returner. And you were right. It was Thomas Brown, the second guy, as far as terms of experience, was Remarcus Brown, but um, he had four kick returns last year for about a total of 85 yards. But since he can't do it, uh, Coach Ball said he's looking at Brian Evans, he's looking at Prince Miller, and uh, right now Asher Allen is the leading guy, which, like I said, he names three people, Asher Allen, Brian Evans, and Prince Miller. And Mikey Henderson is not even on the radar screen to do that, and I cannot understand for the life of me why that's the case. I mean, do you have any idea why they wouldn't at least – Think about Mikey Henderson, like I, I, the nation's I, I leading you, returner. I really, I really do not. One thing that does perplex me is during, you know, especially during fall practice uh, at receiver, punt returner, Henderson is a big play guy, uh, and I don't know why we're not trying to get the ball into his hands more. And I am going to go back into my archives. And actually, I may do something that I have not, I, I never thought I would have to do, but I may actually call Lauren Smith and try to get oh, the pictures gosh. that he has of Vince Dooley with the monkey and pass those on to Mikey Henderson for him to use his blackmail to get a little more playing time. I'm telling you, when they punt the ball to Mikey Henderson, I'm telling you, I'm holding my breath when he catches the ball. Every single time that guy puts his hands on the ball, I expect something big to happen. And if well, you can hit like him to, in stride in the open field with blockers I'd like and to stuff. See him, yeah, I'd like to see him at a little receiver. Man. Uh, you know, do a little something more. Less, do, I mean, even man, even on a reverse I'm or an end around or something. <laughs> I would just love to see him touch the ball a couple times because I tell you, you know, along with what we were saying about bringing the crowd back in, he's the kind of guy, he's the kind of guy that can make the big play, make the exciting play that'll will bring the crowd in. I mean, he's electric. Absolutely. I tell you what, on that, old dog, I, I'm about done for this week's show, man. Have you got anything else you want to say about Mississippi State or about the Georgia Dogs? No, I just, I mean, I, I think we've summed it up. Uh you know, we just need to get back to to Georgia football. Let's uh, put let's just methodically beat beat down Mississippi State like we should, and uh, get ready for next week in Jacksonville. Let's just yeah, I just want to play like we care, whether we've got a lead or whether we're in the, whether we're losing and got to make it up. Either way, we've got to play like we care, like we mean well, it. Play I like what, Bulldogs. What I would what I would love to see this week is for us to find our hearts. And uh, to find a couple leaders. Yeah, we need to Because that's pride. what it's going to take to get us through the rest of the season. We are coming in to the toughest part of the season. 
We've got three big, big games coming up. We've got Florida. We've got Auburn. We've got Georgia Tech. And we also go to Kentucky, who always has a history of playing us tough in Lexington. And those guys are hungry. I don't think there's a team in the SEC hungrier than Kentucky right now. And they have that lunatic Randy Sanders as their quarterback. I know, exactly. Mr. Intensity. All right, dog fans. That's going to wrap it up for this week's DogCast. This is the pregame show for Mississippi State. Remember, whether you're in Sydney, Australia, whether you're in Vancouver, Washington, or Oxford, United Kingdom, you can call us at 706-534-1516. We would love to hear from you, especially if you've got a cool accent. And uh, if you don't, if you're too shy, email us at dogcast at gmail.com. Keep the emails coming, guys. I love to hear from you. We Thanks for the feedback. Thanks for listening. And remember, dogs, hunker down. <laughs>